Okay, so this morning we are going to talk about habits. And I was going to put a picture of like the habits from Lord of the Rings, but then Matthew said that was a bit too cheesy. <laughs> I laughed. Um, okay, so today I want to share about habits, renewing of our mind, and train tickets. So I know if I look at my own life over the last 10 years, I know I've changed. I can look back and I know I'm a different person. I know things have changed, but how did that happen and why did it happen? So let's start by reading Ezekiel 36 verse 26 that says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So whenever it might have been in your life when you became a Christian, God has taken the old heart away from you and has given you a new heart. There is no doubt about that. There is, you are a new creation. You are a son and a daughter of the most high king. You are loved. You are accepted. You are valued. And the father's love will never change for you. And I want to really start and emphasize on that because that doesn't change. God's love for you can't get higher or lower. But even though we receive the new heart, our mind is the same. It still thinks the same. It still has the same fears. It still has the same insecurities. So we must renew our mind because in Romans 12 verse 2, it says, do not confirm to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So in the first, in the first verse in Ezekiel, it says that God has taken you and given you a new heart. In Romans, it's something that we need to do. You must renew your mind. You must not confirm to the pattern of this world. So how do we re renew your mind? How do we not confirm to the pattern of this world. So if I think about myself, I know I don't wake up one morning and think, oh, I feel so different today, I'm a new person. My insecurities are gone, I don't think like I did yesterday. Yesterday, I was scared of this, but today, completely different. No, it, it's a change. And it's a change over time, a change that isn't always noticeable, a change that isn't noticeable from one day to another, but is a change that requires effort, work, and perseverance on my side. Um, it takes, it's a change that at times it feels like nothing has changed. It's a change that as I go forward, I feel like I'm going backwards. It's a change that sometimes might cause me pain and it's a change that sometimes might cause me discomfort, but it's also a change that over time has impacted my life. A change that when I look back, I realize just how far I have come. A change that is undeniable and that I know it was worth working for. And Renewing our mind is not an easy thing. It's not an instant fix. It takes a lot of time because our brain is so amazingly created and it has all these roads that have been created over time. So the more you think about something or the more you do something, your brain kind of goes, okay, let's create a quick, quick pathway to that thought. And I know for myself that one of the things that I wanted to renew in my mind to create a new habit was not complaining and not moaning and not always seeing the bad side of things. And I know now that some people might say, might not think of me that I'm like that all the time, but a while back, that was who I was. And I knew that's how I was thinking, that I knew that was how my speech was, but I also knew that I didn't want to be like that. I knew that I wanted to change, and I knew that I was not created to just moan and complain and see the bad side of things in everything. So the first thing was identifying it and deciding 
is something I want to work on. Oh, Two-sided. This is a, a great first step, and it has to be the, the first step. You need to identify what it is, and you need to make a decision that is something you want to change. Like Olivia said about the seed, it's already there, but it has to be done something different. But after you do this step, that just is kind of when the work begins, because as it takes a lot of work and to see these changes, and it takes doing something different in order to see something different. It's amazing that we were talking about trees and fruit this morning because as I was thinking about my word, I was like, you can't go every autumn or whenever you plant trees and plant an apple tree and then come at spring and be like, there's still apples here. I wanted pears and bananas. I'm so surprised. You cannot do the same thing and then be surprised when the same thing happens. Or you cannot do the same thing and expect something different to happen. It's just not happening. So we need to do something different in order to do something different, in order to see something different. Uh, in 2002, a daily experience study by habit researcher Wendy Wood and her colleagues found that approximately 43% of our daily behaviors are performed out of habit. New behaviors can become automatic through the process of habit formation. Old habits, as I've heard many times are hard to break and new habits are hard to form because the behavioral patterns which humans repeat become imprinted in neural pathways. But it's possible to form new habits through repetition. So yes, it's hard to break an old habit. Yes, it's hard to form a new habit, but it can be done. It doesn't say it's impossible. And this is people that you know have studied the brain, not just me that I read it online. Through repetition, you can form a new habit. So when we do something over and over again, it forms a little road in your brain and it becomes more natural to do that thing. For example, if every time I see traffic, which is a lot, I start complaining and getting annoyed about it, then after a while it becomes natural to me. Even when I'm sat in traffic and I'm not in a rush or I don't need to get anywhere because, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not working now, I'm on maternity, I'm like, I don't have to get there on time. But even then, I get annoyed and I start complaining and I moan. Why? Because it's such a habit. To my brain, this is the first thing that my brain does. Sees traffic, gets annoyed, let's complain. Oh, also sometimes let's blame somebody. So my brain, it's just what it does. And I can just, I could easily say, this is just who I am. I'm good in a lot of other things, but when I say traffic, I just can't do it. The end. But that's not the end, because then I would just live a life that would be very... Um, well, not very nice. I would be annoyed most of the time by the time I get places. So habit formation is the process by which a behavior through regular repetition becomes automatic or habitual. This is modeled as an increase in automaticity with number of repetition up to an asymptote. And an asymptote is a, in maths is a curved line. We've got it up there. That gets closer and closer and closer to the, closer to the graph line, but never reaches it. So they're not parallel. But somehow it gets closer and closer and closer and closer and closer, but never reaches it. So a habit can be a little bit like that. Which means when we start a habit, we're still using our brain to do it, and we need to be intentional in doing it. But as we carry on doing it more and more and more, it becomes more and more normal, but never completely unconscious. Because it never, never, never really reaches that point, but it gets closer and closer. So to start with, I might need to really, really make a big effort that when I see traffic, to not complain. I will need to remind myself, 
I might have to put a post in the car and be like, it's okay to be late or set off earlier. Um, I might need to ask somebody to, to like help me in the meantime. And it might be hard. And at the beginning, it might feel a bit forced, like I am not annoyed about this traffic that I am sat in. <laughs> and then tomorrow, I might be like, I'm not annoyed. And then as I go on, it doesn't feel forced because my brain needs to learn that I don't have to go down the path of complaining, upset, angry every time I see traffic. And this is just an example. There's plenty of things that would make me complain, moan, not see the good side of things. So the process of habit formation can be slow. This guy in 2010 in his book called Lally found that the average time for someone to reach the asymptote of automaticity, in other words, to get really, really close to doing something but never really completely unconscious, is 66 days with a range of 18 to 254 days. Now, sometimes seeing these numbers and seeing the word repetition can sometimes end up putting some people off starting a new habit. Like, 66 days, who's got that? Repetition means keep doing it with regularity. Not every now and then, because there's no repetition. Repetition means carrying on doing, and we're going to look a little bit into that as we go on. So, um, I, when you do something, in the moment, it really doesn't look like you're doing much. It doesn't look like you've contributed much to that thing. But in time, you've seen what it is. So I want us to look at some pictures that show some before and after. So the first one, oh, if you look at there at the top, that bell over years has literally just, the door is not even there. Now, the first day that someone came through the door and hit the bell, nothing happened to the door. And the second day that someone came through the door and hit the bell, nothing happened. And nothing happened. And then a year went past, and maybe you could see just a little bit of the pain gone off. And then two years and three years. And I think this is after 20 years. The door literally, like the part of the door is, is gone. The next picture is some stairs. So those are all stairs made of marble. So from what I read online, marble is a very, very strong material and doesn't just run out. But if you see the difference between them, and every day, a person doesn't go up the stairs and think like, oh, look at the dent that I made in this marble stairs. But in time, this is what happened. What's the next one? I, this is my favorite. This is a guy that prayed in the same exact spot for 20 years. And this is literally his footprints. He, exactly his toes and exactly the form and, and shape of his feet are imprinted in the wood because he prayed in the same place for 20 years, every single day. And that is just amazing. I don't think he intended to do that to the floor. He just had his place and he knew where to go. But it just shows me, and it really amazed me, what time and repetition can do when you keep going to it. And in the moment, you might not see anything. And three years, sometimes you might not see anything. And I don't want to discourage you with big numbers and big time scales, but the truth is that a lot of things haven't happened because they just happened. They haven't happened because you've done it 10 times, even though 10 times, it sounds like a lot of times. Things happen because they've happened over and over again. And I'm sure maybe halfway through, the, the 20 years, he started seeing something, and he could be like, oh, I'll just go to a different spot now and get another. But he carried on, not because he wanted to do that on the floor, but he just carried on, and he carried on praying, and he carried on persevering, which is amazing. 
which means when we start a habit, we are still using our brain to do it, and we need to be intentional in doing it. As we carry on doing it more and more, it becomes more and more normal, but never completely unconscious. So it's easy to see the difference of things when you, see, when you have a before and after picture. When you see, okay, this was five years ago, this is me now. Oh, and change, yes, your hair has grown, you, have, you look different. It's easy to see those type of differences. But the difficulty is seeing the difference in the everyday. It's seeing the difference in the everyday and carrying on in the everyday. There are three main components to habit formation. The first one is the context cue, behavioral repetition, which is a routine, and the reward. So in this thing we see, it's like a loop. So it starts with the context cue. It can be a prior action, time of day, location, anything that triggers that habitual behavior. This could be anything that one's mind associates with habits and one will automatically let a habit come to surface. So for me, with complaining and not always seeing the good part in things, I knew that if I wanted to see a change, if I knew I wanted to see a new habit, I needed to surround myself with people that are thankful, grateful, and always speaking highly of situation and others. The new habit that I wanted to form needed a new environment. The new habit that I wanted to form needed a new cue. So let's look at these questions a little bit. It says, have you created the right environment to start a new habit? Have you worked out what is the best time of the day for you? Have you decided you are going to do it no matter what? The next one in the loop is the routine. The routine is the habit itself, to keep doing it. At the beginning, when you start something, it might seem fairly easy because it feels good and it's a novelty of it, but after a while, when the novelty runs out and I still have to remind myself to do it, it gets a bit hard. I looked at the survey and it says, 1st of January is the busiest day at the gym ever. <laughs> Why? Because people make a decision to start something new, to be more healthy, to get in shape, to lose some weight, to, to be a new them, them new me. So they join a gym or do other things. But most of the time, it's joining a gym. But also, by February, that gym sees the most cancellations ever. Why? Because the motivation runs out, the novelty runs out. You think, I actually don't have the time, and if I don't have the time, what's the point of spending the money to give the membership to the gym? So therefore, I cancel it. You don't stick with things. So the motivation you might have had at the beginning of starting a new habit is not the same as three, four, five, a year in. You need to stick with it in order for it to get formed. So if we look in 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We were called to the good fight. We were called to carry on. We were called to become we were meant to become. So we need to carry on fighting the good fight. It, in the research that I mentioned earlier, it says the range of forming a new habit is 18 to 254 days, which means that even though the average is 66, it can be as early as 18, or it can be as much as 254 days, which is eight and a half months. That is a long time to give to something. That is a long time to stick with something when most people cancel the gym by February. So the habit. Have you worked out what you need to do to change your mindset? 
Have you identified a person or more that can help you when you feel like giving up? Have you persevered with it past the novelty of it? I'm asking these questions because it is important to identify where in the loop you are. I have in the past felt like I should see a change by now because I prayed about it once or I did something different once or twice. But identifying where I am still helps me to see if I'm doing the right thing. And sometimes I'm doing the right thing. I just need to carry on doing the right thing. And then the last one in the loop is the reward, which is a positive feeling. Therefore, it continues the habit loop. The, the more you do something, the better you feel about it. The, the, you realize the more I stopped focusing on everything that goes wrong, the better my day went. Let me just say where we are. Yeah, the more free I was in the, to see the good things and not focus on the things that I didn't have or what went wrong. This new habit brought me a new perspective on how I saw everything and everyone around me. It is an asymptote because I will never fully reach it. There will still be times when I'm complaining. There will still be times when I'm moaning or when I don't focus on the right thing. But it's getting increasingly more and more, getting better every single time. So the reward, the reward is a new mindset. It's overcoming fears and insecurities. It's living freely in Christ. We know this, but we must remind ourselves when it becomes harder and when it feels like giving up. We know that Jesus has come to set us free and to give us life abundantly. And sometimes we can, we can easily think, oh, well, I'll get all that when I go to heaven. But the truth is that he has given, he has come to give that, that now, not later on. He wants you to live freely now. He wants you to be free of insecurity and demolishing strongholds now because he wants you to live a full life now. And there's no point of dragging through life thinking, oh, I'll make it to heaven and then I'll get my reward. Because the truth is God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit love you so much. They want you to have a full, free life now. And it's amazing that I am surrounded by people that I see that experience in their life. And I'm like, yes, I want that. So a habit may initially be triggered by a goal, but over time the goal becomes less necessary and the habit becomes more and more automatic. At the beginning, I might think that I need to stop complaining because I just need to, I can't do this every time I'm in the car. But then in time, it just becomes my nature. It just becomes who I am. We must create new habits in order to not do and not think in the old ways. We must be intentional about changing and not just hope it will happen in time. Things do not just happen. I feel like I'm not emphasize this enough. The things don't just happen without me doing it, without me putting the work in it. Most of the time, a prayer does not change a long habit. I believe that God can do it 100%, but I also believe that God will not do it 100% for my sake. Um, they will, you will see a lot of uh, me and my son analogies. So recently, he's just started kind of eating by himself, and we give him a spoon, and kind of goes everywhere but his mouth. And sometimes he ends up in his mouth. And it would be much easier for us as well as for him because he just wants to be fed to just feed him. But who knows, five years later, he will still be feeding him. So God loves you too much to feed you every day. He loves you so much that he doesn't want to make it easy for you. And that seems to be like 
an irony, like you love me too much, but you want to make it hard for me. Well, yes, because we know, and if you've learned something new, you know that it's better for you to do it yourself. You know it's better that you've persevered through than somebody that just didn't just do it for you. And when you are surrounded by kids, you see them that you have a choice to do it for them and you might end up doing it for the rest of your life or teaching them how to do it. And that is what God is doing with us. He loves us too much to do it for us. Uh, a few weeks ago, Adam has shared about this verse in Corinthians that says, all things are lawful but for me, but not all things are helpful. Talking about all the things that are permitted, but not everything is good, which means we must discern which are those, which things are good and which things are not good, and then work them out for myself. What might be beneficial for me might not mean it's beneficial for you. What might be beneficial for you doesn't mean it's beneficial for me. I need to work out what's beneficial for me, and then I need to work on those things. Yes, I am permitted. Yes. I am allowed to complain. God is not going to love me any less if I complain and moan for the rest of my life. He's not. He's just, his love is not that conditional to my moaning. But I want to change because I want to be free. And he wants me to change because he wants me to be free. And that change has to happen inside of me because not because I'm going to be loveless, not because I'm, I'm not going to end up in heaven, but because I want to be free now. And complaining, it's less beneficial for me and for people around me, for that matter. Which sometimes, I do need to change, and sometimes it sounds easier than it actually is. In the moment, it's easier to think about that Oh, yeah, I need to change. But then when you think about it and you start doing it, and you think about the 254 days that might be ahead of you, that's a little bit harder. Because, why is it a bit harder? Because it's where your brain first goes when the trigger happens. It's where my brain first went when something didn't go quite right. And I've learned to realize that that one thing didn't go quite right, but the other... 10, 20 things from the day went quite right. But I forgot about all those things, and I got to this place, and I'm like, I cannot believe it. Of course, because it's me. It always happens to me. And if so-and-so would have done this, then this would have not happened. And then you end up on this loop that you can't move on from. And you remain on those, and I remain on those negative thoughts, not always being able to move on. But this habit has to be replaced, replaced with something else. It can be replaced with thankfulness, gratitude, choosing to focus on everything God has done and not all the things that didn't go quite right or something didn't go how I wanted or that I'm still waiting for something. And it has to be replaced. I heard this amazing example a few years ago and it stayed with me. So if you go to the train station and you need to buy a ticket, you are going to tell them where you want to go. You're not going to focus on where you don't want to go. That would be a little bit silly. Going to take it off and be like, excuse me, I do not want to go to Liverpool today. <laughs> okay. No, no, I do not want a ticket to Liverpool today. Okay, sweetie, but where do you want to go? No, I don't want to go to Liverpool. <laughs> that is very silly, but we do that sometimes. The habit cannot just, you can't just say, don't do that. Don't, don't think about that. It would, be, it would be much harder for me to sit in my car quite upset about the traffic and think, oh, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it. Well, all I'm going to think about is complaining about how stuck I am in the traffic. 
it has to be replaced with something else. I have to replace it with, thank you, Lord, that I have a car. Thank you, Lord, that I am not walking and I'm not in the rain. Thank you, Lord, that I will still get there. Thank you, Lord, that I'm alive. Thank you, Lord, that someone made this road a long, long time ago. And thank you, Lord, that I have money to put petrol in this car so it can run. It has to be replaced with something else. Focusing on just the don't do it doesn't always work. It might work, but in my experience, it's easier to replace it. So let's read Lamentations verse, uh, chapter 3. From the beginning, it says, I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his son against me again and again and again, all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out our cry for help, he shuts me out of my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. Like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hide me, hiding. He dragged me from my path and mangled me and left me without help. He drew his bow and made me the target for his arrows. He pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. I became the lacking stock laughing stock of all my people. They mock me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and given my, me gall to drink. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have, be, I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering and the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them and my soul is downcast within me. 20 verses of going on and filling down. Now, I'll tell you, I'm not this poetic when I complain. He just, he could audition for a, for a play, like he is using amazing analogies, and he just complained. Jeremiah is in a bad situation, and his first thoughts are not the best. He's having a light, he's, he's having a little pity party, and he's like, and he's not impressed with everything, as most of us wouldn't be if we'd been in his situation. Now, it would be quite easy for some of his friends to be like, Jeremiah, don't do that. Don't think about that. Don't, don't, just don't complain. The end. And Jeremiah's like, oh, okay. But no, if you read, carry on reading in verse 21, it says, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great law, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. We see that Jeremiah replaces those thoughts and words with reminders. I love this because he doesn't stop at the moan. He doesn't start feeling guilty for the moan. He doesn't end up in this place of just despair, but he replaces it with something good. He reminds himself of who God is. He is building a new habit. Let's read again verse 22 to 24. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. This is the same God that he said is like a lion waiting to drag him from his path. But he reminds himself, maybe the first few weeks he has to moan and then call to mind. And in time, the moan does not come. Become, because gratefulness is in mind already, way before the moan. He has built a new habit by replacing what was there before 
the thoughts and words of mourning with something that he knew was true. He might not know it in his heart yet, but he knows it in his mind, and he's calling to mind, reminding himself, replacing the moan with praise. Create a new habit most of the time has to replace an old one. We can't get rid of it by just not doing it. Or we might be able to, but I have always found it easier to replace it. It has to be replaced with something else. I have to replace my moan with praise, my cry with joy, my pain with thankfulness. I have to replace my fears with breaking my fears, with overcoming my insecurities. I have to take those strongholds that I thought it was me and demolish them. I have to replace them with something else. I know this sounds way easier, and some of you, maybe including myself, are in the middle of some things right now that do not seem to be so easily moved on from, that do not seem to be so easily solved. But that is why I talked about the brain and shared those pictures, because we must know and remember that it takes time. Nothing happens quickly and without a price. Every single step that those people took has made those stairs look like they are. Every single person. It's very easy to think, without me or without this one time, it will still be fine. But then that leads very easily to today, no, this week, no, this month, no. So I want us to have a bit of time now to think and pray into this. I want you to maybe think of one thing you like to change and one new habit you like to replace it with. I want us to um, focus on the what can you replace it with. It's very easy to think of those things that we don't get quite right and maybe feel guilty and maybe feel down. But the point is that we can replace them with something. And in this study, Wendy Wood said, it's hard to break an old habit, it's hard to form a new one, but it is not impossible. It can be done. And who are we? We in Christ are already victorious. We can do this. So let's spend some time thinking and praying. And you don't have to do anything with this information that you might be downloaded outwardly and publicly, but you think about it. You take it to back home and think about it and maybe just get a person alongside you and be like, 254 days seems like a very long time. Seems like I could easily give up on day 32, but I need you here with me. So let's do this a little bit of time. Faye will play some songs and we'll just be in this place of focusing on what can we replace it with.
that your mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Lord, that your love for me will never stop. Thank you, Lord, that it can never change. But Lord, thank you so much that you love me unconditionally, that you love me so much that you want me to be free, that you want me to overcome every fear and every insecurity. Thank you, Lord. Lord, that you root for me. Thank you, Lord, that you are right there beside me when I feel like giving up. Thank you, Jesus.